You're listening to the Fubba Lead Podcast. With Timothy Martin and Connor Bunn. And you are listening to Father Lead. I'm Timothy Martin along with Connor Bunn and Connor providing the music this week. I'm actually uh, Kale Bush. Kale Bush, that's is my right. my name. That's right. And what am I? Thomas, Thomas Moore. Thomas Moore. Thomas Moore. So we did our NASCAR names, and that's what we're going to start racing now on NASCAR Heat. Yeah, that's our new podcast names too. So it is now for the lead with Thomas Moore and Kale Bush. We uh, put our names into a NASCAR driver name simulator, and that's what we came out with. That's, so That's kind of just what I said. Okay, well, I had to reiterate because it was actually my turn to open this week, but you but, guys know Timothy. He's the Connor wanted to play the guitar and couldn't <laughs> couldn't do the guitar and the open at the same time. Some, I've got all these bloopers recorded of you trying to do the open to the podcast. Yeah, well, I, as someone who's very ADD, I can't really focus on more than one thing at one time. But somebody was nice enough to leave me a nice what is it, Jasmine guitar in here. I must have known I was a Kyle Busch fan, so I have a guitar to smash later. Uh, might might take it to Nashville with us when they open up the Nashville race track. Maybe smash it over Trevor Bain's helmet. Maybe. The <laughs> won't say anything. All right. Well, welcome to Father Lee. we got a big show for you tonight, but obviously we want to start off with the somber news that's happened since we recorded our last podcast last week, and that is the passing of J.D. Gibbs, the son of Joe Gibbs, who really ran the organization for a long time mm-hmm. while his father was was doing football for the Redskins, went back to be the Redskins coach, and J.D. passed away. He was 49 years old. Wow, that is young. That is very young. I know he had, had children and mm-hmm. um, a wife and certainly, certainly sad news. Uh, I, I won't say totally unexpected because I remember at the banquet and, and over the last couple of years, just by comments from some of the Gibbs drivers, you could – you know, you could start to tell that that things were were going downhill rapidly for JD. Yeah, it had been a few years since I saw him. Honestly, I think the last time I saw him was <clears throat> maybe two thousand and was it was, with Bush and uh, was it the championship? It was championship, but I think I might have saw him at uh, Indy in two thousand sixteen when Kyle won Indy too. Maybe that, maybe I think that was the last time right. I actually saw him. I think you may be right and. For those of you that maybe have heard of, about J.D.'s death but not that familiar with his illness, I mean, it's kind of a mystery to a lot of people because he he was diagnosed with degenerative neurological disease, and, and I don't know a lot about that, but from what I understand, it happened early in life. J.D. was active in sports, played football. It's likely that he got some type of a head injury while he was playing, yeah. and this did not surface until I think like 2013 is when this, when this you know, when he started to be, uh, started to get symptoms, or I'm sorry, the fall of 2014, he started to get symptom, symptoms that impacted his his ability to to talk and process functions and that type of thing and certainly went went downhill from there yeah but i mean i think obviously recognizing jd's life and recognizing the impact that he had on that organization because nascar in a, in a whole the, out, the outpour of the nascar community right you know, over the weekend was crazy i didn't I mean, seeing tweets from guys like Marty Smith and and uh, Dale Jr. and just different guys who are popular and well known around the sport, but just hearing about JD's impact was uh, was good to see that he was so friendly to everybody and so oh, welcoming. Just, yeah, just I mean, seemed like to be just a down to earth, you know, guy that you could have a conversation with and and really cared about what you were saying mm-hmm. and 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 genuinely cared about you. Yeah, which sometimes is rare in sports. Yeah. You know, looking back on J.D.'s career, I didn't realize this until he, he passed away and I saw a story. He was actually a tire changer on the Gibbs car when they started the 18, and he was changing tires back in the 1993 Daytona 500 when Dale Jarrett won, mm-hmm. giving Joe Gibbs Racing their first victory. Yeah, and I remember him uh, teasing Kyle about it at a Interstate Batteries event they did in 2014, and uh, you know he was teasing, saying you know he has a Daytona 500 ring and Kyle doesn't. So right. yeah, I, I didn't know that he was actually a member. I knew he drove for a little bit, yeah, but he did some, I guess, Xfinity driving. Yeah, I remember him saying his way of getting fired was his father showing him his office at Joe Gibbs and saying, "Here you go, yeah. son." 
No, no, no more wrecking cars. No more, yeah. But, I mean, he certainly excelled in that office. Oh, yeah. And led, you know, the, the Gibbs team to their first two championships. Bobby Labonte winning in 2000s when Labonte mm-hmm. won the championship. And then Tony Stewart got the championship in 2002. They have eventually expanded to a three-car team. I think uh, later on down the road, if it's not already recognized enough now, I think J.D. will be remembered for maybe the best co-owner to put together elite driver lineups within an organization consecutively. I mean, Matt Kenseth, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Carl Edwards, Carl Edwards Martin Truex Jr. I mean, I mean he Tony didn't. Stewart. Tony Stewart. I mean, you know, he had a hand in all that. So, uh, you know, he's, he was definitely a good. And that goes back to his personality and how friendly he was. I remember Marty Smith saying in his tweet when he first walked into the NASCAR garage area, it can be intimidating because. Everybody knows everybody, and it's just kind of an intimidating place, but J.D. was always the one to welcome anybody with open arms and, and uh, make them feel welcomed in our sport. And, uh, you know, that's what our sport needed because I feel like at the time, you know, in order for our sport to grow, you know, we kind of had to, like, reach out and uh, put out a hand and, you know, let people know that, you know, NASCAR is a good, friendly sport. Right. Because every, everybody thinks it's so tight-knit, I guess. I guess back in the day, think it was so tight knit, and uh, that was more intimidating to just come into, especially like on the media side and stuff. So yeah, sad to see JD go, but I think I mean we talked about it when we, when we went down to Joe Gibbs. Well, I mean we mentioned his name, right, or something like that. Yeah. And I remember you saying you don't think his condition's that great, right? You know, you, you could hear it and you could tell in the drivers' voices. I remember at the banquet when you know some of the Gibbs drivers were talking about it at the banquet, and you could just mm-hmm. tell that that things were were progressively getting worse and, yeah. and i think it's you know given that joe gibbs is going to go into the hall of fame one day as a car owner but i think that i think certainly jd gibbs should be oh, yeah. as a car owner on the ballot as a hall of famer as mm-hmm. well um for, mm-hmm. for all that he accomplished in the sport hamlin i don't see the picture in here from hamlin's uh tweet but hamlin actually has a picture hung up in his house and it's uh him in 06 is rookie season and it's him and JD sitting in, sitting on the pit wall and Hamlin's dad is in the background kind of just like looking at them both and uh he said uh before he started driving for Gibbs that season his dad kind of like turned him over to J- JD and, and uh, said like he's all yours now or whatever right he so, groomed him yeah so like Hamlin has that picture framed in his house or something like that so I, I thought he tweeted it out but I don't see the picture it, just, it may not be in the notes that we have yeah. but I don't think there's any question there's going to be a fire lit in the Joe Gibbs Racing Organization for the no 2019 doubt. season. No doubt. And you already are predicting a Kyle Busch Daytona 500 uh, in memory of J.D. Gibbs. Yep. Kyle Busch Daytona 500 victory. That would, that would I think, Hats truly, backward in victory lane. Would, One's up. That would uh, truly be special, I think. So... Uh, we're, we've got a big show for you, but we certainly wanted to open the podcast up remembering the life of J.D. Gibbs, and we will take a short break. We will be back with the rest of the podcast. You're listening to Follow Lead with Timothy Martin and Connor Bunn. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Timothy Martin along with Connor Bunn. Week 9 of... Kale Bush. Kale, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Am I going to have to redo the open, too? Am I going to have to redo the open? Uh, you're listening to Father Lead with Kale Bush. And Thomas Moore. Almost forgot your name. Almost forgot my name. Jeez. All right, welcome back. Well, we got a, a, a big show ahead. We'll talk about our, you know, what's happened in our lives in the last week. NASCAR nugget news to talk about. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's got a new paint scheme. Got to talk about that. And then top selling diecasts came out. They came out with uh, what were the top oh, selling no, you're diecasts? I'm happy, happy about that. We'll talk about that. I'm a bit surprised by it. Well, I'm surprised at who's not in there. Yeah, that's what I'm right. surprised um, about. Not and, surprised who's, you know, who led right, it, obviously. Exactly. And then we'll, uh, you know, do our deep dive. And, and as we lead up to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, we're going to be talking about some of the drivers that are going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So we'll look at Alan Kowicki's career today. We'll also take a look at four-time NASCAR champion Jeff Gordon. Friend of career. Kale Bush. Friend of Kale Bush. He liked him for one year, and he's a friend. I'm the one that's got pictures with Gordon. And, oh, by the way, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but do you remember the speech Gordon gave at the banquet? when he was retiring and he talked about one of the things he's not going to miss is people standing in the bathroom coming in the bathroom at Martinsville while he's peeing in a urinal and asking for his autograph well way back when as a kid was it you I, I no i was in the i was standing right beside gordon at the urinal we were both peeing 
and somebody kept hounding him from behind to get his autograph. And I remember Gordon looking at me after he said, like, man, just give me, give me some time to finish up. And he kind of looked at me like, can you believe this guy? I'll never forget that. And I swear he was talking about that moment that he and I shared in the bathroom at Martinsville in his retirement speech. Maybe it was a uh, dirty veteran guy from, <laughs> from Martinsville a few dirty years back. Vet- dirty veteran. Dirty veteran. Oh, so we'll talk about Jeff Gordon's career. And then... Uh, or, you know, Connor's got a conspiracy. Doesn't even know what it is yet, so it must not be, Guys, that, must not run- be that big of a conspiracy. I'm running low. I need He's got to come up with conspiracies here. I need people to tweet our app for the lead page on Twitter. Oh, Me some conspiracy ideas because I'm running low. But yeah. well, I do have a new segment coming up when the season starts. I do have a new segment coming up. I do. It's going to be good. <laughs> no, I think that'll be a good segment. I'm looking forward to that one. I think that'll be a little bit more informative than the uh, Connor's Conspiracy mm, one. Maybe that one will be a little accurate. bit more based on real life. Than... What are you talking about? Penske, a member of the... <laughs> is very oh, no. real life. <laughs> I'm trying to get through this podcast without having to do very many beeps, and you just made me have to do a beep, okay? <laughs> Jeez. Well, don't forget, we've got our NASCAR merch store out there for the lead. You can shop for the lead at shop.spreadshirt.com slash fa-the-lead. A lot easier if you just go to our Instagram or Twitter and, and find the, the name and, and, and go to the store. I've added some new. I went on there the other day. I clicked on some new items to put on there. So some different shirts, and uh, so we've added some things to the store. Great. And Connor had all these friends that were going to buy stuff, and so far nobody has bought anything. Well, you see, we're young generation. Got to wait to get paid. Wait to get paid. Well, gosh, what do y'all get? How how often do you get paid? NASCAR heat. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What a moment last night. I mean, you're laughing, but I'm I'm excited about this because it was a great moment. I dropped my pen, but it was a great moment. Holy cow! The the great Mike. This would make Michael Cozy so proud. Michael Cozy on the podcast last week. Uh, and by the way, what, what an what, episode! What our uh, maybe our mo- our most listened to podcast? Should Thank we call you. Cole up again? <laughs> yeah, right. Co- well, okay. My, it was Michael Cozy on on the podcast, and then uh, Connor's brother Cole. So we're debating on who who got got us all those listens. Was it Michael Cozy or was it Cole Bun? <sighs> Sorry, Michael. Might have been Cole. I don't know. Speaking of I don't know, I think it was Cole that made the comment, I don't know shit about NASCAR. Yeah, that was Cole that made that comment. Ah, so, NASCAR heat. Wow, what a night last night. What a night in motorsports. I was dominating Bristol. Maybe the best, maybe our favorite two races consecutively, Darlington Dar- and Bristol. I don't know that that was, well, you mean like just tracks, track-wise? Yeah, tracks that we like yeah, to go to. Darlington was not my favorite last night. And well, because you screwed up left I and right. A, I had a lot of problems. Many times, but we'll get into problems. that in a second. Bristol. Epic. I mean, you kind of dominated the first part of the race. I dominated the second part of the race. How did you get behind me? Do you remember? Oh, the caution came out. Oh, no, 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 no. The caution came out because you junked somebody, and I hit him, and I had damage, but luckily there was only five cars on the lead lap. And I'm surprised you didn't threaten to restart the game like you did the week before at Sonoma when I was going for the lead, tapped you in the bumper, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, you can't do that. Let's restart the game. You pushed me into the barrier. Okay, you couldn't control your car. You can't when you're you're being bumpered into a barrier. Then back off and let me go. Because that's how racing is supposed to work. Jeez. You just junk me and I just back off so, and let you go. caution comes out at Bristol. Yep. We weren't in the lead to begin with because you didn't pit. I did, and you started second. Uh, who was leading? Was it Harvick or? It was like Boyer, oh, no, it was Boyer. Boyer. It was Boyer leading. So there was only seven cars on the lead lap, and I made the decision, I'm going to pit and get four tires because I know that with only seven cars on the lead lap, I'll restart on the inside line. You were starting on the front row on the outside line. Mm-hmm. Green flag drops. I passed, like, four cars right immediately, and it's just you and Boyer up there, and you two were kind of racing, and I went by both of you. Yeah. And then you and Boyer got to racing, and I got a gap on both of you. Mm-hmm. And then we came around to get the white flag. And then I remember you saying, oh, you got it now, because you had well, bumped Boyer, into somebody or something. Boyer and I were door-to-door coming off four to get the white flag, and I hit, I actually hit the wall. Right. And it, it lets you... I thought that was it right there, but I had a I had a really good turn one and two, and I don't think you had a really great turn one and two because I went up high, right. swooped down low and got that momentum, and you kind of like rode the middle through one and two. So, I was but like, you were not like you you still weren't like a car length back. You were I was probably like half a second back. Right. So well, you you were the one that was uh, you know you were the one that turn three and four was all about. So so walk us through what happened. So what happened was from my vantage point, I was like half a second back, and I knew if I would have just gassed it in there. No break. I might be able to hit him, 
and he would Oh, yeah, go, hit me. So I can't restart the game after that. Hit him, not to wreck you, but, you know, just to rattle your cage a little bit. Oh, right, right. So, coming, in, coming in like 50 miles an hour faster than you're supposed to. So Timothy, backtracking a little bit, Timothy has this habit of when he has the lead, he likes to enter the corner in really low, and what that does, it, it forces his car up really high. So I kind of just, I back off, and I let him enter in low on the gas, and then he, like, swoops up, like, middle of three and four, one and two, and he goes up high, and then I get in the gas, and I get below him, and he can't get by me because well, I just carry that momentum. That. I'll, I'll, change, I'll change how I drive those corners. Well, I've been now. doing that for four seasons now, and just about every race, and he haven't picked it up. Okay. So I figured if I mentioned something, you know. Um, so I thought maybe I would have, I was right there. I knew I was going to be right there to where I might be able to hit him. And I just missed him. And I and I saw that. I saw him cut across the bumper and go head on, head on into the wall. Just missed him. Head on into the <laughs> wall. Bounce off the wall. I'm going to win this thing. Bounce off the wall in the middle of three and four. Came right down back to the bottom. Got on the inside of him. And we came door yeah. to door to the start finish line. And I edged him out in one. Right. So because Epic. I was not, you know, going at it like I saw him hit the wall. And I thought, well, hell, that's over with. I can just ease ease this thing to victory. I thought it was over with. Yeah. You know, we had talked about, I think, the night or two before. Before, because I had calls to caution, we were having a good race, and you're like, we never have a race, you know, where it's down to the wire like this. And I mean, this was this was epic. This is, down to I mean, the I don't wire. know that it will ever be repeated. Like, I mean, this was maybe just, Bristol again. Wow, I mean, it was just the way everything played out. Not to mention that I was in the 42 and you were in the 18. Right, I moved to the 18. So Business I'm having a gra- I'm having a phenomenal season, wouldn't you say? Yeah, from what you've put up so far. What is it? 51 points, I think we said last yeah, night. Yeah, like 51. Because you got. You got you've won you've racked off some wins, but I've been second pretty much every time. Yeah, I've won so, eight of the last ten, so I've been really right. good here recently. But you've been consistent too, so right. If, yeah, if you're if you're not winning, then you're like top five. Right, and then then we got to Darlington. Oh my gosh! Last season it was the Darlington screw job. Yeah. This this season it was the Darlington myself. idiot. I screwed myself. So this dude short pits with 12 laps before our green flag cycle. Mm. And not only did he speed on pit road, right. but he took two tires. Well, and if it, if to. you're not familiar familiar with Darlington in real life and in NASCAR Heat 3, Darlington eats tires alive. I mean, three laps into the race, we were down to like 80 or 70% tire wear on the left sides or right side, excuse me. So he takes two tires, speeds on pit road. So that, that puts him in a gap. Um, and then something cycled out to where he ended up like 13 or 14th, where he was when he came in. So, you know... Like 19 laps go by, or before that, because he short pitted again. He didn't speed this time, but he took two tires. So he took two tires. So I, I like, I was leading most of the race. I led like 54 laps with like the 95. So oh, there were 95 laps in the race. It was like 92 or A 95. Long Darlington A race. Long. So I don't know how it played out in the. No, it, we. I mean, I I kept I I got on the two tire strategy. I kept having to take trying to gain on you all. I just got behind from that first pit stop, and I could never get caught back up. I just don't understand how I lost because I had a three and a half second lead over Harvick. Right, that's right. And and we came out of the pits. Didn't we pit like almost around the same time? No, you pitted before. I pitted like four laps after you did. But I had a three and a half second right. lead over Harvick. Came to, He didn't pit when I did because no. he didn't pass me on pit road. Right. And I came out and he had the lead. He may have pitted before you and then his fresh tires got him the lead. That's probably what happened. I thought we were on the same strategy. Well, he well whole race because when I didn't, I never. Pitted I don't up. remember. I don't know because I wasn't up there. I never pitted under yellow. I always pitted under green, and right. he always pitted with me, and he was always behind me. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't. I have no idea how that happened. Me neither. I don't know. How, and he won by like two seconds too. So I have no idea how that ended up happening. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a uh, an explanation from NASCAR Heat Three. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, and I, well, I think I finished seventh in the race or something. But speaking of that, I mean, Cozy, we, we had Michael Cozy on last week, and he did a video. Uh, NASCAR you know, Heat Three in memoriam. Right, a video. He's quit. He's Heat quit 3. NASCAR Heat Three. Ever, you know, it's gotten all, that bad. All folks. the things he hate, hate, hates about NASCAR Heat Three, and I've got to say, and I mentioned this to Connor last night. Connor's won four championships. I'm calling. I'm calling three of the four championships illegitimate because of the way he he wins. And so most you know, of the races no, are dominating. No, 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 no. It's not dominating. It's just like Darlington. Kevin Harvick has a two second lead and gets behind oh, yeah. lap traffic. And there's a glitch in the game where you can where if if one of the computer cars get behind a lap traffic car, 
they can't pass them and they immediately Cause, slow down. Because the CPU runs the same line the whole race. So, so if someone's in front of them, they're yeah, still running that line. So stupid. And yeah. in this day and age, we put somebody on the moon. We can't figure out how to move a NASCAR car in a video game to budget. the right. It's out of budget. I mean, and I asked you this last night. Did they not test this game out before they just put it on the market? Probably I mean, it's not. like pit road. Uh, I know there's one track in particular where they like come off the track to go down pit road like halfway down the backstretch. I think that's Vegas. It's crazy. So, or no, Atlanta. Connor has cheated his way to three of the four championships. <laughs> I'll give him one championship, okay? Which was so what season? I don't remember, but it's it's really one zero, okay? So you've won one. It's four zero. No, about to you, be five. No, you've won one. We need to do some points adjustments for the the way you're winning and the way you're you know catching these drivers. So I think there's some adjustments coming. I'll, you act like it's like that every race. Stay tuned. There'll be some adjustments coming to the point system. There will not be any adjustments because most of the races I win, I dominate. Well, and we even have it on 100% difficulty and half the races we've run over the last few nights it's just been me and you out there racing well yeah but those are usually the tracks where it is just me but and that's you. ridiculous you sh- it shouldn't be that way i mean we've changed pretty much everything there is to change to make it more but can you go higher than 100 percent? yeah you can well we need to try that we need to go to 105 i don't know about that if you can lap everybody at martinsville by two laps at 100 percent, then i don't think you're gonna have a problem at 105 percent but you just got good on 100%, so why would you want to bump it up? Don't turn this around on me. <laughs> I mean, you got to think of it from Don't your side, too. Don't turn it around too. on me. You act like it's going to be a benefit to you. We've raced four seasons. It will be a benefit to me. Jeez. When's the DL coming out? The new DLC package? They said it before the 500, so, gonna have so some... probably end of this month, early February. Okay. Maybe. When's the NASCAR Heat 4 coming out? Like September. i got to wait till September? It's ridiculous Jeez. how they do that, right? Yeah, they should be coming out in January. It should be. Why don't they? Co- it should be out coming out two weeks season. before the five hundred. Right, exactly. In That's stupid. Who's who's doing the marketing for that? I don't know. What's the game of the game system? It's not EA Sports. It's not seven oh four. I don't know. What it is. I don't know. Oh, it's not. It's not seven oh four. It might be seven oh four. That's. It might be them. I don't know. Um, new shirts. Hey, we got a shipment of new shirts in today. You're I'm wearing. wearing I'm, I'm wearing the podcast shirt under my jacket. I'm wearing the Harry Gant Skull Thirty Three shirt. Yeah. Handsome Harry Gant, Mister September. Yep. Won every race in September in like the 1992 season. Nuts. Or 91, something like that. Love this shirt. I also got a Bobby Allison shirt that's like the front of his car. You can kind of see him in the windshield. And then tell everybody what you got, Connor. Tim Richmond. Boom. Folgers shirt. Oh, man, it's a Blaney, Blaney emoji type shirt. Yeah, it's Blaney emoji type shirts wearing the Folgers hat. Guys, a little signature below that in the 25. Iconic. So you've got now the Blaney shirt, and you've got. Oh, you you, I'm sorry. You've got the. Neil Bonnet. The Neil Bonnet shirt, and you've got the Tim Richmond shirt. Yeah. I have I have a Chase Elliott shirt that's still in my car that I bought in Charlotte. Remember the white oh, T-shirt? Oh, yeah, it's still in your car. So I have that one. I have the, no, the long sleeve Chase Elliott. Mm-hmm. I have the same Wood Brothers shirt. I have Bobby Allison and Harry Gant. What shirt will you be wearing on the Daytona 500? Probably, I don't know yet. Maybe yeah, I'm I'm torn between the Bobby Allison shirt and the Wood Brothers shirt. Obviously, oh, see, those I'm going to think. Two options. You're so, not going to wear Richmond to Daytona? No, I said those were those are my only two options: the Richmond and the Neil Bonnet shirt. So if you wear the Bonnet shirt, I'm not going to wear the Bonnet. Well, shirt. exactly. So, but right, and if you wear the Bonnet shirt, then I'm not wearing the Bonnet shirt. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. The question is, what shirt are you going to wear to Darlington? Uh, well, I'm going to buy some more shirts. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we I'm might gonna, have a few more. No, I'm getting arsenal. some more ones. Uh, I'm going to get that Richard. I like the Richard Petty one. They have a Tim Richmond one I want to get, too. Yeah, that the other, helmet one. The other Tim Richmond one with this car on it like you have, I, want, I like that one. The black one with mm-hmm. the red Folgers car. I, I like want to get the one. helmet one. You've got the head one. I want uh, the helmet yeah, yeah. one. So there's some more shirts. They, so. they had a nice Bill Elliott shirt on there, oh, too. Oh, yeah, they got a nice Bill Elliott one. I mean, they got all, all great shirts. Yeah. So we have got uh, we posted uh, some of the shirts on the Instagram. You can see the shirts we got on our Instagram page at For the Lead. But, yeah, we're going to get some new ones. But I think it's either going to be Bobby Allison or, depending on what you do, the Wood Brothers shirt. For Daytona? For yeah, for Daytona. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of depends what the weather will be like, too. Well, I guess if it's cool, I'll wear my Chase Elliott long sleeve shirt. Yeah. You're an Under Armour fan. You need to get a Chase Elliott like Under Armour. They have like they make like Chase Elliott Under Armour jackets yeah. and stuff. You need one of those since you like Under Armour so much. So I'll, I'll look forward to you getting me one of those. I appreciate it. Thank you oh. for bringing that up. No wallet, February. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right, some NASCAR nuggets to talk about. Uh, the much anticipated Jimmy Johnson's paint scheme reveal happened this week. Can I just go on record and say? And I told Timothy this Friday morning when I woke up to it. It kind of just looks like. Ally just sticker slap 
their logo on it, his it, 48 it, car. It does. From last it looks year. like they took all the. I mean, I like the logo, but after you mentioned that, I could. I definitely see that. It, you know, it's. It looks like they took every everything Lowe's left off the, the car, number. left the car black, left the number the way it was, yeah. and then just put the Ally stickers on. Look, I like Ally's colors and I like the logo, but not on that car. Like, I think if the car was white and still had the same like scheme concept to it but just instead of the black you replace it with the white and then change the yellow font on the color or the yellow color on the font whatever to like i don't know like a purple something ally colors pink maybe purple maybe i should get the uh, car and and put it on in photoshop and play around with what you're trying to tell us here yeah what number color number should it be maybe like purple Whatever. That would be hard to see, though. Not a dark purple. Like, that's why I said, like, pink, maybe. Like, maybe, like, a darker pink or a lighter purple to see. But I don't know. I don't think the yellow goes well with I it. I think the car should be white and the it should be a dark purple number. Yeah. I mean, that would look good. But I, I still like the car. I, I like the car. Yeah, I Hunters, like the car. I mean, I we'll like see it, it up close at Daytona, so you're going to yeah. see it zipping around at 200 miles an hour. Well, there's many cars that I've said that I don't like, and then I see them with my eyes, and then I'm like... You know that car is like Bowman's car, like Bowman's nationwide car from this past year. When I first saw it in pictures, I was like, "Ooh, ugly!" But then and I saw it in person, and I was like, oh, "That's pretty." You good. sent me a really slick paint scheme that you said was maybe your favorite of all time. Which one was that? Larson's Darlington scheme from this past. Throwback to Davy Allison. Throwback to Davy Allison. DC Solar. Oh, not so the, the color, gold. Not the, the gold colors, colors were a little bit different. Right. It had like chrome, chrome numbers and stuff. If you don't know what car I'm looking at talking about then look it up oh man well no um i've got a picture of the car i'll put it on our instagram page yeah and i'll mention that it's your favorite one of your favorite love it so check out our our instagram i'll put that on there i love blaney's uh ppg scheme this year was that is that his real ppg scheme or is that just something a a a fan who's a graphic designer came up with? well i saw someone tweet that at blaney and blaney said Tweeted back and looks good, but I've seen that paint scheme on many. I think different I, rem- I remember that paint tweet. scheme accounts. That tells me that's not. If I remember right, that's not going to be the paint scheme. I don't know because someone tweeted him and asked him, "Is this the official scheme?" And he put it. He just tweeted back like the thanking face emoji. I think that scheme. That scheme, even though it's on a Ford, and I hate Ford with the burning passion. That scheme is up there in like my top favorite schemes, like of all time. Because I'll tell you right now, my favorite schemes are all time: Rainbow Warrior, Larson's Darlington car. Maybe the PPG car. Slick I like the Rainbow Warrior in this day and age because it's so much more shinier uh, well, than yeah. back in the early Because it was, it was, it kind of was Although like you a like matte. that matte. Well, I like a little bit of both on a race car. I like the black matte. Yeah, black matte. I think fine. the 48 maybe would look good matte. Maybe. With, yeah, I think it'd look better matte, honestly. Yes. Wow, yeah. we just came up with like, are you listening, Jimmy, Rick? A little late now. It's someone, late. someone uh, said that it looks like someone tripped LSD and put the logo on the hood of the. Well, see, I think they did that because car. it's gonna look. It's gonna like. It looks trippy. I think it's gonna like do something 3D-ish as it's running 200 miles an hour. Maybe we, maybe they're gonna hand us three. Allies gonna hand us three 3D glasses when we go into the track, and it's gonna it's just gonna look super fast. That's yeah. what I think. I mean, I think it's meant to look fast. Uh, it looks sporty. I like it. So. He likes it. He just said he didn't like it. I didn't like how it. I didn't look. <laughs> I didn't like how they. I like it. It didn't really look original, but I, I like it, but it doesn't really look like... It looked like they could have done way better. Like, it just looks like a, just a mass sticker. It was like, oh, shit, we got to do a paint scheme for the 48. Yeah, just, <laughs> let's just put this over Lowe's. Yeah, I like this. Uh, yeah, I mean, so. you peel those stickers off, and the Lowe's stickers Your are Lowe's underneath. Lowe's are still on You can still kind of see the Lowe's, yeah. the Lowe's name coming through. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so here's the list of top-selling die-casts, and these are those... Big ones, right? Yeah, 164 scale. That and, or 124. And you know they've started doing two different types now. They do the 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 car, and yep. then they do if the driver wins, they do the car in yeah, victory they do lane. Yeah, victory lane edition. A victory lane edition with like the confetti all over uh-huh. the car. So Chase Elliott, he racked up five of the ten spots. Holy cow! Jesus, can you believe that? I can. I guess maybe. Although I'm a little disappointed, the Hooters one was number four. Napa was number one. one. I'm I'm upset the Mountain Dew. Oh, was that the Mountain Dew car that I like? My favorite co- paint scheme that he had. That's not the Baja Blast one, but that's the can. No, that's the one I like. The Baja Blast one is the one you like, no, or just the poop green one? No, the Kansas, the poop green one, because it's sparkly. Mm. <laughs> Should not have beat Blaney's PPG one in the. Blaney's not even in here. But that's neither here or there. So Chase is number one with the Napa scheme. Yeah. He's number two with the Sun Energy Watkins Glen win. I like this old Sun, Ener- win. Sun Energy one better. I can't. Is the that black one. one. He, Oh. Yeah, it's on heat. 
William Byron, number three with Exalted. Is he got <laughs> many damn fans? It's not his fans. It's just the cut. It's just the paint scheme. I guarantee you. But that's the flame paint scheme. It's isn't that the one? It was. It was the flame one, like Gordon ran. Exactly. That's why people liked it. But why didn't they buy Gordon's? Why are they buying his? I don't know. Chase number four with a Hooters car. I like that one. That's that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, with the Mountain Dew one. I wish he'd run Hooters a lot more than than he does, which is only like a couple races. Alex Bowman, number five. We're, we're only at Hendrick Drivers. Oh, Jimmy is on this list. Which car? Uh, the Lowe's, number uh, seven. I mean, wow, so damn, Chase Elliott's. Uh, Rick Hendrick's got eight of the ten spots. So Jimmy's number seven. Uh, Chase was number six with the Napa Dover win scheme. It was Alex Bowman in five with the Nationwide. Yeah, I like that scheme. So then Kyle Larson comes in number nine with the credit one scheme that wasn't that wasn't your that wasn't the throwback scheme no but i like it and then kevin harvick number 10 in the bush beer that's a big wtf for me <laughs> who who paid to put that in there so hendrick eight of the 10 spots they're making some they're making some merchandise i can money. name five cars Gosh. off the top of my head better than that bush car yeah so top selling diecast interesting to see what next year will be like yeah not all the paint schemes have released yet bush make it into the top probably 20. not because this paint scheme i mean he's the only one with the same paint scheme for like over the past yeah, but he runs years. some pretty cool paint schemes he does run some pretty cool he's he teased some new paint schemes coming out too this right. year probably gonna do what an, an new interstate, interstate battery one i think i hate his interstate battery one god it looks like a horrible candy cane um isn't that may, lightning bolts now what it's no it no no it's not like that now. It's just that green and white I'm one. Sorry, you don't have to. You ran at, it last night. You don't have to look at me so rudely when you say. Well, it. you ran no. it last night. No, but you look at me like I'm like, you know, I'm insulted. Like I'm the most disgusting person on earth because I just said that. I'm insulted. Uh, you know how they do like a special thing for M and M's like every other year, like how when he won the championship they did M and M uh mutton caramel. It was like crunchy. Yeah. Whatever, and it was green. And a couple years ago it was M M&M and M caramel, which was, was blue. blue. I like that one. Uh, I think they do like a special thing with M and M's this year, maybe. Throw another Eminem scheme in but there. But he also does. Doesn't he run Skittles? The Snickers? Skittles, Skittles, Snickers. He runs Snickers for like one race. But neither one of those are on Heat, are they? They are on some DLC. It's like some people get the DLC packs we and we don't. Ask Cozy about that. I, I thought. Get to, him on the phone. I thought about it when we were talking to him, but I just it slipped my mind. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like on some some they have him on there, but uh, like even they they even have his black uh, Skittle scheme on there, which he ran for like one race, which is a nice looking scheme. They have his Darlington. We scheme have the bla- yeah. They have his black scheme on there. Mm-hmm. They have his yeah, Darlington. We're looking at that last night. They have his Darlington. Uh, no, they don't have it on ours. They have it on oh. some of them. They have his Darlington. Uh, Ernie Irvin throwback on some DLC packages. I don't know why we didn't get it, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. Um. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we see someone other than uh, Harvick. So big Truex news. He's going to be in the Daytona 500. I'm not talking about Mr. Martin Truex. I'm talking about brother Ryan. <laughs> running the Daytona 500 for Tommy Baldwin. Tommy Baldwin is back. We coming we back said it we, a few a uh, few weeks ago on the podcast. So Ryan He's Truex going to pilot. Oh man, I didn't even realize this. The the 71 car, Dave Marcus's old number. He is going to pilot the 71. You have no idea who Dave Marcus is. No, I just remember Bobby Labonte in the 71 ta- tax layer car. You need to Google uh, sometime sometime and and, and, and there's got to be a lot of YouTube stuff about Dave Marcus. Oh my gosh. He ran in the back for a lot of his career, but I looked last night on RacingReference.com just to see what he did in his point standings early in his seasons, and he did finish second in the points. It was like 1975 or something, and and Richard Petty, of course, won the championship by 700 points. We talk about NASCAR being boring nowadays. What in the Sam hell was that, going through? I think that year Petty got like 15 wins or something. Only 15? Well, a couple of years before he got like 21. And only won by probably like the hairs on his chinny chin chin. Won by like a, but he wins fifteen and then blows someone out by near a thousand. So crazy. Truex is going to take over for Dave Marcus and Tommy Baldwin Racing. Baldwin, uh, crew crew chief for Ward Burton in the Daytona Five Hundred when he won the won that race in two thousand and two. Pause. Have you ever seen the world the uh, Ward Burton uh, when he tried to do the caterpillar uh, commercial and he couldn't say something right and he was on the radio show. I don't think so. But I'll have to show it to you after we finish this. But also, um, you can find it out there on YouTube. I spent an hour on top of Ward Burton's hauler interviewing him at Martinsville. You can watch that, by the way. Just a little plug for me. Uh, He's ha- a hard guy to understand. Might have to throw that link, a uh, picture of that on our, on yeah, I our can't, uh, Instagram. No offense to Ward, but I can't really listen to one of his interviews without 
I don't know, without laughing. Just his accent, the way he talks. I'm like, my mother's a huge Ward Burton fan. She's also T. She's also only the real ones will know what we're talking about. <laughs> but she's also a big Carl Edwards fan, and she's been like, what? She's been posting on Facebook recently, like thirty some days. Uh, no, she's now a true X fan. She's now a true X fan. When he left, Carl left. She became a true X fan. Great. Does she listen to our podcast? Uh, she does. Well. So does my grandmother. Shout out to my grandmother. We've already given your grandmother a shout out. If she, she wants loves more it. shout outs, she got to pay for them, okay? Grandma, you got to pay. Show me the money. Show me the money. So, can we get back to Ryan Truex? Can I just finish this story? Um, he is going to drive in the 500, and I guess that's all the story says. <laughs> so, we're going to have three sets of brothers starting the 500 the Dillons, the Bushes, and the Truex. I don't know that I'm really going to be going to the 500 to witness three sets of brothers running. That's oh, not what I'm. Drop Thank the green you know. flag. I see that. All right, I'm done. Yeah. See y'all yeah, later. We're done. We me, saw it. Me we be saw back it. in the car. Oh. I'll, I'll be on the beach. So Ryan Truex. What do you think his odds are to win the 500? He gonna win it with Tommy Baldwin? I mean, I'm not betting hey, against anybody. Anybody could win this thing. That's, Baldwin. One thing about Baldwin is he puts together a great restrictor plate car. Him and James so, Finch are very underrated. Yeah, but I don't know if this is. I don't know if Baldwin's coming back uh, for the whole season. Yeah. I know that I don't think Truex is driving for the whole season. But you know, it should be interesting to see him and his brother out there. Racing. Well, doesn't Truex have a uh, full time Xfinity gig going on? Or did I think he might? I, I know, know he's he's in Heat Three like full time, but I don't know if he got. Another full-time ride this year. Well, he's driven for Joe Gibbs. He's yeah. driven for Pastrana, Waltrip Racing, BK Racing, uh, some of these other names that I, I can't for pronounce. For the lead racing. Right. We should sponsor Tommy Baldwin's car. Yeah, we should. We, we've got we got. – I'm getting my tax returns back before Daytona maybe. So maybe we'll sponsor a car. I'm going to take it all down there and throw, throw our – we'll probably get a little tiny sticker on somebody's bumper. Yep. Boy, that was worth it. Yeah, you know it's got to be expensive to sponsor a car for the 500. Uh, Speaking of sponsorships, Plan B going to sponsor Bubba Wallace. But what I was thinking about this sponsor is I I really think it fits Bubba well because I think that he really needs to come up with a Plan B for his career. Sinking (laughs) shit. Maybe not his career. Maybe as to who he's driving for. Right. You told me that they didn't even bring two cars to Talladega. They didn't. They didn't even bring it back up to Talladega where you can easily junk in practice. Couldn't they have put one of Petty's show cars in there, like the wing car or something? Would have probably been the same paint scheme. Yeah, they don't even have Drew Blickenstrafer anymore. When Smithfield left and went with Eric Amarola, they took like 20 to 25 million with them. Do you know? I know. Do you know that that blue is actually named Petty Blue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's crazy. He has a color who, named who, after him. Who has a color named after them? Man, that's going to trigger me to go like on like adoptastreet.com and just adopt a street just so I can say right. my name's on Or the no, street. we should go clean up. One of the, yeah, we should clean up. And that's what you're talking about, right? Where we clean, that's what you do. You clean the street up and you ad- that's why, how yeah. you're adopting it. So maybe we'll do that for the lead. All right, so some other uh, other news. Michael Cozy, if you're listening, I'm sure you already know this, but there is some crew chief news. Wayne Carroll going to serve as crew chief at Starcom. Uh, Wayne Carroll, uh, he was crew chief last season for the 99 Starcom car. He's worked with several drivers, including Derek Cope, Gray Galding, Kyle Weatherman, and three races with Castle. Tony Furr, only the best. Ser- Tony Furr, who served as crew chief for both Castle and Jeffrey Earnhardt last season, he's accepted a similar position with Mullins Racing in the ARCA series. So, Wayne Carroll, congratulations on the promotion there to full-time crew chief. Happy 100th birthday. To who? Wayne Carroll. You know how like, on the Today Show they'll give 100th birthday shout-outs to all these random <laughs> yeah, no right. names? Willard Scott did that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll see how Starcom does. I know Cozy's uh, pretty excited about their season to get going. So, I mean, who shouldn't? They're going championship campaign this year. <laughs> and then there's some other crew chief news. Two veteran crew chiefs going to join Front Row Motorsports for 2019. Speaking of uh, speaking of Bubba Wallace, you sleepy over there? You ready to go to bed? Yep. Drew Blickensdurfer is going to lead the 34 team with Michael McDowell. Mike Kelly going to head up the efforts uh, on the 36 team with Matt Tiff, so they expanded to three cars. Mm-hmm. Seth Barber going to return as crew chief to David Reagan. Now, Blickensdorf, I didn't even realize he left. Was that? Me neither until today. So, do, who's but they don't need, who's they don't need have, crew chief? They don't have a crew chief Richard yet. Petty? We're Dale like, Inman. We're less than a month away from the 500. Do they really not have a crew chief? They really don't. They really do not have a crew chief. They have a they have a backup crew chief. Can but, they not backup crew chief? Well, like, they don't have a crew chief. Car chief serves as the backup crew chief, but they don't have. Do they have the money to pay a crew chief? God, let's hope. Bubba going to be the driver and crew chief. It'll be a shame to see that nice looking Plan B paint scheme run. That's a really that pretty car. 
It is. I like that car. But you think about it. They're running that at Daytona, aren't they? Yeah. I just, that's going to be good to but see. But if you think about it, only 29 cars ran full-time last year in the Cup Series. What? Bubba finished 28 in points. 29 cars ran full-time, was able to compete full-time for the points. Bubba finished 28th in the points. That shows you how bad. I didn't even re- That number seems very low to me. I didn't realize that. I, I looked it up today. What? 29 cars competed full-time in the Cup Series. So only 10 didn't. Bubba finished 28th in the points. Who finished 29th? I have no idea. I don't know shit about NASCAR. <laughs> it just, it didn't say. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Yeah, so. But he finished second in the Daytona 500. That's all that matters. So. Claim your claim your fame and keep it pushing. Maybe he'll win it this year. Oh, boo something. who in victory lane if he wins it. Oh, Let man. Boo who he'll pass out. He has a history of passing out or something when he gets excited. Yeah, so he, he might do that. Ooh, um, speaking of petty and not having some, some employees, NASCAR had to lay off some employees. They did that merger with what Speedway Motorsports and our Na- guy, John McMullen. John is out of a job. Ridiculous. The Victory Lane guy that you always saw in Victory Lane. Stood across from us at intro. He's kind of was kind of the replacement to that one guy who you saw. I don't know if you ever remember. You see him in all the old videos. He had that long hair. They made a post on NASCAR and NBC's Instagram about him last mm, night. You're they right. Call, they he had did. a nickname. Yeah, I can't, he? I, yeah I can't remember. I but he was in, you may have, he was in every Victory mm-hmm. Lane photo for decades. And, I mean, he loved the camera time, too. They were showing him, like, spraying champagne. What the hell was he? He'd always reach his head in there and start talking to the drivers. Like, what the hell is he saying to them? What was his official job title? I don't know. What was was he getting paid? Maybe he was just the victory lane coordinator. The dude. The hat guy. He he was in charge of, you know, making sure everybody had the right hats, the sponsor hats, the hat dance. Screw Petty's 200 wins. This guy had more wins than Petty. He did. He was in victory lane more times than Petty ever saw it. So this guy's out of a job. I guess victory lane's just going to be a a, a show now yeah it's well what do we do now folks they're not even gonna have a trophy that's I mean, when are they gonna get rid of the the flagman so there won't be any there'll be it'll just be an empty flag stand. it'll be digital it'll just be digital i mean that's i, I could see him going oh, in that I direction thought of that. i don't i don't i don't know why it couldn't be maybe like there's a big junk and they try and put out the caution but it malfunctions and it keeps showing green so people keep running into the junk <laughs> you know yeah, okay <laughs> i don't know sounds like a tony stewart type race to me so we don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything's digital. They're not even going to just have robots changing tires. What is NASCAR going to be like in 50 years? Are they going to be robots changing tires? Maybe. maybe I mean, they, there could be. Maybe they come down and, like, they get on a lift, and it's just like, it's almost like F1 where it's like a second stop. Right. It's crazy. Oh, wow. It's going to be like Teslas. The drivers can take, See, like, I a 30-minute break. Everybody should have the same car like the IROC series was. Do you ever remember the IROC series? It, no. it folded before you can remember but everybody had the same setup same exact car and it was all about driver talent i feel like people like kyle bush would love that Earnhardt won a lot in that oh i'm sure he did so i mean that was that and what they did was they brought in not only was it nascar drivers but it was indycar drivers were there anybody? it was like a sprint car driver steve kenzer ran in it was there anybody who like cut their teeth and made their name in art or not arca no. but iroc they only ran four iroc races a year yeah, but was there anybody who, like, ever ran, like, a race and, like, people saw that talent and, like, gave them, like, a cup ride? There was never any. No, because you had out? to have done something pretty successful to get into the IROC series. Oh. It, the IROC stands for International Race of Champions. Oh. So you had to be when championship caliber. Um, God, it was in the mid-'90s, I think. So but I wasn't even around. But Davey Allison won the IROC championship in 1993 passed away and and he had enough points built up for that fourth race i think that he, uh, he won the championship he didn't even have to run it D- somebody ran the car yeah. for him but he he won the championship that year so how did they determine championship because you said they only ran four races they only run four races so I mean, it was points it was based on points but like where you finished and yeah stuff? Mm-hmm. so i guess he had won a couple yeah and i think they did it i think they did it where you finished in one race like if you the top the the whole lineup in the first race, the next race they flipped the lineup. So whoever oh, finished so they last, in, they inverted finished, the lineup. Yep, okay. I think that's how they did it. If I'm remembering okay. correctly, it was pretty cool to watch. I mean, they only ran four races, but it was pretty cool to watch. Were they televised? They did it in two. Th- I know that now that you said I said early '90s is when they ended it, but that's not true because Dale Earnhardt and uh, he. I remember famously the 2001 race where he went and spun somebody out after the race or something. So it was at least Where early they, 2000s is when they, they ran it at Daytona, didn't they? Daytona was one of the races. I think Talladega was one of the races. Michigan may have been one of the races. races. Atlanta, high speed maybe. Tracks. Yeah, it was all high speed. 
I like to see that on a short track. Bring it back. But they just didn't have. Uh, it was a sponsorship. They lost sponsorship. So yeah, uh-huh. the IROC series. How do we even get talking about the IROC series? No idea. I don't either. We we kind of go off on these tangents. All right, so uh, sucks for some NASCAR employees, but uh, you know, hopefully uh, they find like Bob Pockers. Hopefully they find. Well, he wasn't a NASCAR employee. Yeah, but, but he's a pretty popular name around the garage area. Yeah. Well Maybe respected. they're making room for us. Perhaps I, I know Daytona guy doesn't want us around the infield. Sorry, we can't give out press passes yeah, well, yeah, to well, podcast members. I'll be I'll be reaching back out to him. Believe me. Unbelievable, especially after we have. Yeah, so we got a pretty big, um, pretty big announcement to make about next week's show, and we're going to do that right after the break. Crash travel. You're listening to Follow Lead with Timothy Martin and Connor Bunn. All right, welcome back. We are now time to talk about uh, the Hall of Fame coming up, which is always a. I mean, we're going to like pop popcorn and stuff for this. When's this our is buddy, always a, this when's is our buddy Trevor going in? Trevor. <laughs> Trevor, hey, he won a Daytona 500. We were talking about this earlier, and we talked about the Hall of Fame a couple shows ago, but I asked you the question last night, I think we were talking about it, is does winning a championship automatically guarantee you into the Hall of Fame? And your answer was absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think everybody or the majority of smart people can get behind me and say that just because you win, especially this year's champion, Joey Logano, as it cringes me to say, I don't think... I mean, aside from his championship this year, which majority of people say is fluky, maybe not well-deserved. Fluky. Aside from winning a broken system championship, what has Joey Logano done special on the racetrack? Yeah, I don't know. And some may argue to me, he's well... Sliced, he's the best thing since sliced bread. Okay, well, that's coming from someone who never saw anything the likes of a championship, Mark Martin. Whoa! So, oh, man! And someone who pulled off with the lap to go, so... Bold words, Mark Martin. But um, some may argue with me and say, well, Kyle Busch has won championship under this system. Is he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Look what he's done on the racetrack. I think anybody I, no, I think anybody that would ask the question, is Kyle Busch a Hall of Fame driver, shouldn't be a NASCAR fan. Yeah. So there you go. Obviously. There you go. But there's always those people out there who will argue that with you. Right. So we are leading up to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Some pretty big names going into the Hall of Fame. Alan Kowicki going into the Hall of Fame. Jeff Gordon going into the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about them. But my favorite, obviously I'm biased, Davey Allison going into the Hall of Fame. And I think that's so great because of, you know, he he won, I think, 18 races. Should have won the 1992 championship. Everything that happened to him that year, his brother got killed in a crash. He wrecked at Pocono. Had that horrible crash. North Wilkesboro earlier in the year broke all those, broke his ribs or something. Remember that? We were watching the the documentary on that last week. Everything that happened. I mean, remember when he took off his glasses and he was. He looked like a zombie. Yeah, his eyes were like. Bloodshot ooh, they red. Were, they were like bloodshot nasty red. Blood Everything red. that team went through, led by Robert Yates, crew chief Larry McReynolds. Very excited to see Davey Allison go in the Hall of Fame and very excited to announce that next week. Liz Allison, wife of the late Davey Allison, is going to join us on the podcast to talk about Davey's career, his wow. Hall of Fame career. See, next week I'm going to be a fan listening because I wasn't even. That's right. I wasn't thought of. And and all I, that I was really, I mean, down. I was young. I sent Liz um, a picture of my third grade photo. You know, you take photos every year at school. Well, mm-hmm. I I have, I, and it's on our Instagram. I have the Davey Allison shirt. I'm wearing it. And, I mean, really, that was the year that I think he died. Yeah. And so I don't have – I'm trying to remember. I cannot remember watching a race with Davey. I mean, I know I did. I know I was yeah. at Martinsville when he raced. I can't remember. I can't remember it, though. I remember my mom, she was in uh, Pitt Road. She was in the pits at Martinsville, went up in Davey's holler and got a picture with him. I remember remember seeing that photo, but I can't – I can't remember Davey racing myself, but I've watched so many races of him running. And, of course, I then became an Ernie Irvin fan yep. um, back in 1994. And then I you know, was a Dale Jarrett fan after that. So I was yeah. a Robert Yates racing driver until Jarrett left and then, and then moved over to Jeff Gordon. But 
So next week we're going to focus on Davey Allison's Hall of Fame career and just thrilled that Liz is going to join us. Honored. For the show. That I she'll give it's, us it's the time. Be, that is going to be a great show. I'm so looking forward to that. But two of the names going in that we're going to talk about this week, Alan Kowicki. Going in with Davey Allison, which is ironic. They were both tragically killed in 1993. Mm-hmm. Battled for that championship in 1992. It was really, though, a... a a Davy Allison Bill Elliott championship battle in 1992, and Alan Kowicki came, came out, out of nowhere, nowhere to Kinda steal like, it. Wasn't Kyle Petty a contender? Right, Petty, year? Petty, Mark Martin. They all had a shot at Wide the championship open. going into that last race. Like five drivers had yeah, a shot. Harry Gant had a shot at the championship. Five or six I think. Out of, of them. But Alan Kowicki, um, like Davy Allison's career, cut short. Kowicki uh, started in eight, 1985 and ran nine years in the Cup Series, eight full-time seasons. He accumulated just five wins. Reminds me of like a Ricky Rudd. Kowicki owned his own team, mm-hmm. always wanted to own his own team. I wonder where he would have been today. I don't know that Alan Kowicki would be would have done what Davey Allison was prepared to do. I think eventually Kowicki would have probably ended up having to sell his team and drive for somebody else if he was going to stay in the sport. Yeah. I don't know that he had any more championships in him either, to be honest with you. But he won that championship in 1992. It was a battle between him and Elliott. Who was going to lead the most laps and get that those five extra bonus points? Who was the favorite? Well, Davey Allison came in with the points lead. Yeah, but was he still the favorite to he win it? He was the favorite to win it. I mean, I think it was either him or Elliott is who everybody thought yeah. was going to win the championship. Davey had had a phenomenal year. He'd won a lot of races, but he'd had some bad accidents. The 1992 Winston. Well, yeah, Larry Mack said it seemed like if they weren't winning, they were wrecking. I know, and I don't want to talk a lot about Allison because we're going to devote a lot of the show to that next week. But, yeah, I mean, it was was Davey's year or it was potentially Bill Elliott's year. And then Alan Kowicki, you know, put together. He was like 250 points out with like a few races to go. And this was in the old system and came back to win the what was the closest championship in the history until – I think the the tie between Stewart and, and Carl yeah, Edwards. Yeah, in 2011, yeah. So Alan Kowicki, uh, he drove the Hooters car. I was excited to see um, uh, Chase drive the Hooters car. And I think Chase eventually is going to be the one that puts Hooters back in victory lane like Kowicki did. That'll yeah. be something interesting to see if, if Chase says anything about Alan Kowicki um, in victory lane. I know they're not associated at all team-wise, but it's it, it would be the first time Hooters returned to victory lane since, 19, since Alan Kowicki won. So Alan Kowicki into the Hall of Fame. And then... Uh, I think you'll be able to contribute a little bit more to this next driver we talk about, which is Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon. going into the Hall of My Fame. My guy. 25 years, really 24 years, uh, well, really 23 years, 92. I'm <laughs> keep going down. So who's a real Gordon fan yeah. over here? 25 years, well, well, really 24. Well, 92, he started one race, and yeah. then in 2016, he only started eight races for junior. Yeah. So it was really 93 to the 2015 season is when Gordon – I mean, oh my gosh, look at these stats. He finished in the top 10 more than half the races he started. It's unbelievable. Had 477 top 10 finishes, 325 top 5 finishes, almost finished in the top 5 half the races he started. 2007, Chevy won 26 of the 36 races won. Gordon finished 20, 20, or he finished in the top 5 21 times. What is the percentage? In the top of that? 10, 30 times. So all Which but year six, is that? Oh, 07. So all but six races he finished and in the top I, right, 10. Right. And I think that's. That's one of the years that had, if they had done the old point system, he would have been the champion. Seven poles that year, 1,240 laps led, or sorry, 1,300 laps led. I'm trying to read this. Man, won a lot of money too. Where did he finish in the, he finished second in the Second to Jimmy year. Johnson, yeah. Jimmy Johnson had an Jimmy Johnson season. ruined Jeff Gordon getting to seven <clears throat> championships. Yeah, when Gordon owned that car. And Gordon handpicked Jimmy Johnson. Average but, finish 7.3. But here's, look at this stat here. I'm trying to. He started 805 races and had 93 wins. Isn't that like 10% of the races he started? He won. Yeah. So he won every right one. He won one out of almost one out of every 10 races. Yeah. That's wow. phenomenal. He accumulated over 153 million dollars just from race. Winnings. That's not including sponsorship. And I mean, look at the Daytona 500s, the Brickyard 400s. I thought it was so. Gr- I was so glad to see him get that last Brickyard 400 win. I thought that was so cool. In 2014, because it had been year, you know, a while since he'd won it. I thought that was really yeah. neat. That was a great year. He should have won the championship that year, in my opinion. Yep. That was the year Keselowski screwed everything up for Gordon and and Ryan Ken Newman Zith and everybody. So yeah, broken system we got here. I mean, there is no question. Jeff Gordon is Hall of Fame worthy. What a career. What what I mean you were a Jeff Gordon fan what's your most memorable moment of Gordon 07 the whole season the whole se- see I don't 
See, I, we've talked about this. I'm, my memory is a lot blurrier for the old newer races yeah. than they are, you know, back when Davy Allison or, or, you know, I've studied a lot more of that than I have, yeah. you know, the Dale Jarrett era because that was my driver. I, I know a lot more about those races than yeah. I can remember from the, the, the newer races. Well, I watched every single race from the 2007 season it, and as a Gordon fan, it seemed like if Gordon was, wasn't winning, then he was finishing second to Jimmy Johnson. And it was just a right. dogfight that whole year. And he, he got frustrated with Johnson at one point. I remember yeah. an interview at Texas. He was like, man, John, Jimmy Johnson is pissing me that off. That was at Talladega. Was that Talladega? Yeah, when he ran him below the yellow line. <sighs> man. Yeah. And, the, and you know, what's interesting is Gordon, you know, gosh, do you remember that? Well, you know, no, you don't remember. But the 93 season, that was his full-time season. Mm-hmm. And he wrecked a lot of cars. But let's, let's look at this stretch from... What is it? Ninety. Let's go. Nineteen ninety-five. All yeah, the way down to ninety-nine. Seven wins. Ten wins. Ten wins. Thirteen yeah, wins. Yeah, I mean this is wins. Richard Petty type numbers. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then even from that, three wins. Six wins. Three. Three. Five. Four. Two. Six. Zero. And oh eight. That was a weird year. Two thousand ten was a w- weird year too. Yeah. But then that's kind of where I think the the car started to change. Yeah. He started to struggle, but then he got it back. In 2013, 14, you mean? Uh, 12. I mean, no, you look at the, I'm looking at top 10. Uh, yeah. 18 had 23 top 10s in 14. Yeah. 2015 is final season. Great finals. What a what a great final season to make it to the final four. Yeah. It uh, would have been great to see him win the championship. Great last one at Martinsville. Great. We were there we were for there. that. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was just. Didn't even know you, at, but we were there. Right. We did. To be at Gordon's final win, that was a great race. That's probably the best race I've ever been to. Yeah, I'd say in the same. In terms of what happened in the race. The drama that unfolded with Kenseth taking out Logano, who was on his way to win. Yeah. And then Gordon swooping by. I can remember seeing Gordon swoop by, and, and that was a phenomenal, phenomenal race. But you think about Jeff Gordon's career, and you wonder what could have been had he have stayed with Bill Davis racing in that number one baby Ruth car, which he drove in the uh, what was then the Bush series. A mm-hmm. Ford. He was a Ford driver. Yeah. And got swooped up by Rick Hendrick. I mean, obviously, good, good move for Jeff. Cooked up a lot of wins and championships. He's now going to run Hendrick Motorsports when when Rick retires. Yep. But what, I mean, I, I, I like the Daytona 5, that Daytona 500 when he won. Hendrick finished 1-2-3. Uh, Rick was uh, battling leukemia. That mm-hmm. was one memory that I'll remember. I remember the, I remember the, the Daytona 500 that he won in 1999. Earnhardt tried to get him right, uh, you know, as they were coming out of the, you know, er, you know, trying to go low but he didn't because Earnhardt was going for two in a row and Gordon mm-hmm. won that race that was that was but I think you know my I think Martinsville is probably going to go down as one of the greatest Jeff Gordon memories of all time for me and and I was at Martinsville for a lot of I mean that was a track he dominated yeah I mean I feel like all of Gordon's Martinsville wins were like super memorable like uh what, what was the year 90 was it 96 or 97 where he spun off turn four collected it kept it going and kept the lead and went off to win I think that was did one year he like lose four laps and get those back and like oh I don't know I feel like he get he got like all these laps back and came did. back to win but you know one of those that one race at Martinsville which I'm I, I was there for, I was sitting in turn two when Clint Boyer did that bonehead move and that's what started the whole Gordon Boyer feud yeah when Boyer pushed Newman so they're going for Hendricks 200. Oh, I know at Martinsville where they got their first win, where the plane crash had happened, all that on the line, as Rick said later on in the season, and and Boyer just wiped out Gordon and Johnson yeah. and everybody. Oh, I mean, my first ever race I went to, him and Johnson finished door to door. Johnson edged him out, but like, still, that was a great Martinsville right. race. What was interesting is, and I want to, I need to remember to ask Liz about this too, because he started the 1993 season, and he he had mentioned, I heard him mention that him and Davey Allison seemed to click, and he thought that they were going to be really good friends. And so it's interesting to see if you know if Liz remembers that relationship at all. Maybe. But the other thing that's interesting about Gordon's career is you didn't. See see an aggressive off the track Jeff Gordon until later on in his career mm-hmm. and I think it started uh, one of the places I remember it starting was when he pushed Matt Kenseth got out of his car with his school. helmet on pushed Matt Kenseth well him and Tony Stewart had run-ins didn't they maybe yeah I think they may have but he you know I remember Kenseth's face when Gordon pushed him and then Jeff Burton right hooked him into the wall under caution at Texas gets out of the car and you know he they show them walking down the track together and then he just hauls off and go, you know it's like a fist fight you i know. saw that coming right when that he was, was crazy down. and then of course what he did to clint boyer went nuts uh you know took boyer out drove boyer in the wall right handed him yeah and then of course the whole i mean the fight of i mean that's really the the 
fight of the to me no other fight compares other than the eight, 79 Daytona 500 was the fight at Texas with Brad Keselowski. You sure it wasn't Spencer Gallagher and whoever he oh was? Oh my gosh. Fighting. They need to get they need to learn from Jeff Gordon how to fight. What a fight that was. I, I just remember sitting there you know, I remember I just re- kept rewinding it and watching it over and over and over again. I think I got home and saw it on Twitter, and I just I scratched my head and got off Twitter, and I was done for the night. <laughs> what? That was great. That was crazy. It was embarrassing. Well, it was great. I wanted him to kick Keselowski's ass. Oh, no, I was talking about that. I was talking about the Spencer Gallagher Oh, fight. I'm talking about the Gordon Keselowski Oh, yeah, I, I watched that live, yeah. I, w- I remember I ran in my grandma's room, and I was like, yeah. he's kicking his ass. Right. I was like, I was like Gordon's kicking Keselowski's right. Because <laughs> we were kind of documenting like all the bonehead stuff Keselowski did throughout that year. Like, oh, he pissed a lot of people off that year. Pissed Hamlin off, pissed Kenseth off. Right. He poked the wrong bears. Wasn't Kenseth the one running through like the haulers to attack Brad Keselowski yeah, for those races? Jeez. And he wasn't even really in it. The fact, right. he, he just hit Kenseth when Kenseth had right. his belts off. So Kenseth wasn't taking that. So a Hall of Fame career for Jeff Gordon. No It'd be doubt. great to see First him ballot. go in the Hall of Fame. Rick Hendricks in the Hall of Fame. Ray Evernham's in the Hall of Fame. Jeff Gordon in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy Johnson's and, on his way there. You soon. know, we. We remember you remember Ray Evernham and everything that he did for Gordon and went to the Hall of Fame. But one person who we a lot of is sometimes forgotten about is that final championship that Jeff Gordon had in 2001 with Robbie Loomis as crew chief. Yeah, and so I think Loomis deserves credit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a that was a great year. Six wins, 18 top fives, 24 top tens, six poles. So Robbie Loomis, I think. I think Robbie Loomis people should look at one day as Hall of Fame material. Yeah, no doubt. So Jeff Gordon in the Hall of Fame, Alan Kowicki in the Hall of Fame, and next week we're going to touch on Davey Allison going into the Hall of Fame, and we're going to have his wife, Liz Allison, on the show. You think we'll get an invite to the Hall of Fame? Much. I'd love to get an invite to the Hall of Fame. I'd love to get Remember we were looking at tickets last time. We were down at the Hall of Fame, and then we were looking. It's like they sell out really in advance. That would be so great to to be at. Man, that's one Hall of Fame I would like to be at. Davey and Gordon, yeah. Wow. You know, oh, yeah. it's, what's interesting is, um, you know, Gordon started his, you know, started his race, first cup race in that tight battle with Alan Kowicki and Davey Allison, yeah. and they're all going in the Hall of Fame together. Yeah. So nice. we'll talk more about Davey next week. We're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back, wrap the show up with Connor's Conspiracy. Crash. True. Hey, fans, have you got your Feather Lead merch? Well, if not, All right, welcome back. And we are slowly bringing Connor's conspiracy to an end. Uh, it's being canceled. So. Well, one of them didn't even make it the other week. Oh, well, I mean, I didn't want a lawsuit. This one may not make it either. I might get a lawsuit for this one, too. I think all the lawsuits from this one are settled. Jeez. All right, Connor, take it away. August 2000. Uh, by the way, I had nothing to do with this. August 2014, the night before the Watkins Glen race. Some random short track, some random dirt track, I should say. Tony Stewart, Kevin Ward Jr. Mr. Ward was killed. People say he was at fault for running out in front of the car and that he had marijuana in his system. I think otherwise. Tony Stewart had a very bad habit of losing his cool. You know, of all the conspiracies that you've done... I feel like you say this every week. <laughs> no. This one is something that people actually believe. Because it's it's the it's most recent. Because, it's well, it's, 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 it's also potentially possible. Yeah. Tony Stewart had a horrible habit of losing his temper and going way off the deep end if you watch the video i think stewart revved up i don't think stewart meant to hit him i agree with you i think stewart revved up swerved into him to scare him or throw mud all over him, or, or throw whatever. mud on him or whatever his intentions were right and ended up hitting him spit him out the tire and he was dead but that's a product of what happens when you lose your temper lose your temper and cannot control it and i think all those instances where Tony Stewart with those little antics when he loses his temper finally caught up to him in one event. But he got lucky because all the other factors in it that he was wearing black, ran out in a dark track, had marijuana in his system. I think Stewart, I think he, um, I mean, he claimed he didn't see him. I think he saw him the whole time. It was a perfect storm. Yeah, I think he saw him. Had to have seen him. I mean, the track was dark, but how can you not see somebody yeah, no, like that, yeah, especially when they're that close? Well, and 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 Stewart has settled with the family, so that he settled you, with that the family tells you something. So he doesn't want to he don't want to fight it, fight it anymore. Right. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people who back Tony Stewart, but I think I think what Stewart did was, I mean, I flat out, I mean, dare I say, you kill somebody without the intent to kill. What is that? Isn't it? Uh, I I don't know. Yes, maybe. So, so. Stewart was definitely raging. 
Yeah, he was. Look what he did to Newman a couple years later at Richmond. Put Newman on somebody's hood because he got on the inside of him. Remember that when Stuart, when Newman oh, was I like, remember Newman's New, comments. Newman was like, that. "Look, Tony right. Stewart up on YouTube, Google, yeah. whatever." And Quite Newman the guy. had driven for Stewart. Yeah, Tony but Stewart I will loves say, rageaholics well, on his team. I will say that I think we've seen a change in Stewart. Yeah, there you have it, folks. That wraps up Connor's conspiracy week nine. Look out for week ten. Can't wait for the season to start so I can get rid of this because I am running out of. Running out of conspiracies, coming up with them. On we the can fly. get rid of it by just not doing it anymore. I have to have my own segment. Here. I have to have my own segment. Where's my own segment? Wait a minute. I created the show and I do, uh, you know, kind of drive the show. I mean, if you yeah. were put in charge of driving the driving the topics, I don't know that that would be. Yeah, good and one. if you live in the local area, you can catch Timothy on K ninety two. This morning, I was on there this morning. Tim Ray, the shit stain. He has uh, violated <laughs> his for the lead contract where it says in big bold italicized letters, uh, "Thou shall not appear on any." Multimedia broadcasting uh, platforms, other than for Connor the is is having a difficult time with um, my success. That's that's really what it boils down to. When you look at the resume, CNN appearances, MSNBC appearances, America's Funniest Home Videos appearances, just last week MTV ridiculousness appearance. What else do I need to run through? And and yes, I was a radio superstar for seven years, and and they've asked me to come back. What do you want? from me well first off i want my check from the podcast second off you're fired get out of here get out of here okay so that is the podcast that is connor's conspiracy again milestone next week week 10 week 10 we made it to week 10 and i believe week 10 is going to be our biggest show sorry michael cozy but liz allison here is going to be uh yeah sorry cole liz allison's gonna gonna top that uh and so i Connor got Michael Cozy. I got Liz Allison. And Connor, it's your turn to bring somebody big. So you got to top Liz Allison. I've been reaching out. How? Don't worry. Yeah. Just kind of like how you've been going behind my back and and doing other broadcasting gigs. That's going to wrap up week nine of the podcast. Thanks for joining us. And Connor, would you play us out? Got you. Crabble. Crabble.